Good morning, church. I um, so good to be with you. I believe God has a good word for us uh, this morning, and I want to dive right in. So, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter four? Second Corinthians chapter four. It's in the New Testament, right after Romans is. So it's Acts, Romans, and then First Corinthians, and then Second Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And if you could take your pen, and if you could underline verse 7, the entire verse, underline 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And it says this. Listen carefully. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. To help us better understand this verse, I want to do a word study of three key words in this verse. And the first key word in this verse is treasure. Treasure. But we have this treasure. What is this treasure that the Apostle Paul is talking about? The treasure that the Apostle Paul is talking about is the gospel of Jesus Christ the good news of Jesus Christ. And we all carry this treasure in us. We all carry this good news in us. And this good news, this treasure, is meant to be shared. It's not meant to be kept to ourselves. You all know my good friend Richard Hung. Um, he's, uh, he's been a good friend for many, many years. I actually uh, married, uh, officiated the wedding for he and his wife, uh, Robin in Robin, when was this? No, I'll test Richard. When was this? What year? 2004. The good boy. 2004. <laughs> yep. And it was an awesome wedding. They're really, really good friends. Um, like me, Richard is Chinese. Now, many of you that know me know that I'm Pake. But believe it or not, Richard out Pake's me. Richard is more Pake than me. Richard is the boss man when it comes to Pake. I mean, I thought I had Pake superpowers. His Pake superpowers far exceed my Pake superpowers. Now, for you mainland friends, Pake means a person of Chinese ancestry that is extremely excellent at stewarding <laughs> one's finances. A one-word um, one description would be stingy. <laughs> That's what we are, stingy. But, but mainland friends, don't go around calling people pake. <laughs> Only a pake can call another pake person pake. That's how it goes. That's how we roll in Hawaii. So don't go around calling people pake. So for us pakes, a good bargain is good news. And here's the thing about Richard. Whenever he finds a good bargain, he shares it. He communicates it. He passes it on. I remember when the McDonald's app on our phone started uh, being rolled out and introduced to the community. I knew about it. Why? Because my good friend Richard 
told me about it. Not only did he tell me about it, he sat me down and gave me a lesson on how to maximize the use of this McDonald's app for the maximum type of bargain and savings that I would get. That's how Pake, my Pake friend Richard is. If Jamba Juice has a buy one, get one free coupon, I would know about it. How? Because my friend Richard would email me A few years ago, I remember Shiro Simon, you remember this? Shiro Simon was selling bowls of noodle for 94 or 96 cents. And I I knew about it. How? Because my pocket friend Richard told me about it. You see, every time there's a good bargain, Richard shares it. He communicates it. He passes it on. But here's the thing. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have the greatest, the bestest good news of all. And the greatest and bestest good news of all is that the Lord Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, but hell and death and the grave could not hold or contain Jesus. For on the third day, on Easter Sunday, he rose again and he ascended to the Father and he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from there, he shall come again to judge the living and the dead. That's the good news. That's the treasure that we carry in us. And this treasure is not meant to be kept to ourselves. This treasure is meant to be shared. It's meant to be communicated. It's meant to be passed on. So that's the treasure that the Apostle Paul is talking about. Now the second word that Apostle Paul um, uses is the word that I want to look at is the word jar. A clay. No, jars actually. Jars. Let's start with jars. I have a bunch of jars here on display. Now every jar is uniquely made. There's big jars and small jars. There's heavy jars and light jars. There's thin jars and thick jars, wide jars and narrow jars, shiny jars, and there's dull jars. There's rough jars and smooth jars. Every jar is uniquely made. And furthermore, every jar has a unique role. Some jars are to hold water. Some jars are to hold spices. Some jars are to display flowers. Some jars are just for decoration. And some jars are to hold cookies. Every jar has a unique role. You see, every jar has beauty and purpose. And this is true of you as well. You are uniquely made. You have a unique role. You have beauty and purpose. But here's the thing. Sometimes we're unhappy about how we are made. We don't like the role that we have. 
we don't like, feel like we have beauty and purpose. I remember when I was growing up, all the girls loved menudo. Man, and I wanted to be like Menudo. I thought if I was more like Menudo, then the girls would like me. I wanted to be like that jar. You guys all know Mr. T. He was my hero growing up. And I I thought to myself, if, if I could be strong and powerful like Mr. T, then people would respect me. And God says, no, 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 you're perfect just as you are. God says, you are a person of value and worth. God says, I created you, I love you, and I have a purpose and a plan for your life. David understood this well. King David in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 12, says this, listen carefully. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts toward me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake... I am still with you. When I, Thomas Cheong, was born, God didn't look down from heaven and say, Oh my, another Chinese baby. When I, Thomas Cheong, was born, God didn't look down from heaven and say, Oh my, Another Pake baby. That's Chinese Pake baby. Two billion and one. What am I going to do with Chinese Pake baby? Two billion and one. No, God says, I created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. You see, God made each of you. You are one of a kind. You are not an accident. There is a reason that you are alive. You are uniquely made. You have a unique role. You have beauty and purpose. Now this verse would be perfect if we stopped there. But interestingly, the Apostle Paul uses an adjective to modify the noun, jar. He uses the word of clay. And so what kind of jar is it? It's a jar of clay. It's a clay jar. It's a jar made of clay. Interestingly, in the ancient world, clay jars were found in every household kitchen. Kitchen. 
Clay was always available. Clay jars were cheap and disposable. Clay jars were easily broken and cheap to replace. And of all the jars, clay jars were probably the least expensive and the the least valued. On the other hand, metal and glass jars were more expensive and highly valued. And so why does Apostle Paul use the word clay? Why clay jars? Why not bronze jars or silver jars or gold jars? Why clay jars? I think it's to remind us that we are fragile, that we are imperfect, that we are broken people living in a broken world, marred by sin. I remember, I remember sharing this illustration with you about a year ago, and I thought it would um, be worth repeating. And so I, um, please allow me to share this illustration once again. When I was in seminary, and I was studying to be a pastor, there was this class that I needed to take. And this, it was a doozy of a class. It was called Grief, Lost, Death, and Dying. What a depressing class, right? Grief, Lost, Death, and Dying. Yay! And so I had to take this class, Grief, Lost, Death, and Dying. And one of the assignments for the class is we needed to prepare this uh, personal kind of reflection, a creative kind of reflection of the subject matter, which was grief, loss, death, and dying. So you could write a poem, you could write a song maybe, you could maybe create a sculpture or paint a work of art. But anyone who knows me knows that I have zero artistic bones in my body. And so I was struggling. I was like, man, Lord, what am I going to do? And so I prayed, and the Lord gave me an idea. And so I went to Macy's, and I went straight to the clearance section of Macy's. Of course, that's what a good paquet does, goes to the clearance section of Macy's. And I spotted them. I spotted these, these dishes. They were, I, I believe they were clay dishes, probably. And so I bought a bunch of these clay dishes, and I took it home, and I put these clay dishes in this brown paper bag. And then you'll, you won't believe what I did. I smashed those clay dishes on the ground. Bam! And it shattered into a thousand pieces. You should all try it. It's fun, by the way. <laughs> and so I smashed all these, all these perfect dishes into a thousand pieces. And then I began to shape and glue the broken pieces together to create this. On the count of three, everyone say, wow, one, two, three. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for the encouragement. And I named it Hope in the Midst of Brokenness. Hope in the midst of brokenness. I'll just put it right here. You see, in the midst of our brokenness, there is hope. 
in the midst of our brokenness, we can come to the cross and find hope. Like clay jars, our lives are fragile. And sometimes we break under the pressures of life. But in the midst of our brokenness, there is hope. In the midst of our brokenness, we can come to the cross and find hope. Maybe you're struggling this morning in your marriage or in your relationship. You're, you're being pressed by life. You're breaking under the pressures of life. And perhaps God is saying to you this morning, there is hope in the midst of your brokenness. Come, come to the cross and find hope. Maybe right now you're concerned about your health or the health of a loved one. Maybe you're breaking under the pressures of life. And perhaps God is saying to you, there is hope in the midst of your brokenness. Come, come to the cross and find hope. Maybe right now you're struggling maybe at work or at school or at home. You're breaking under the pressures of life. And perhaps God is saying to you this morning, there is hope in the midst of your brokenness. Come to the cross and find hope. There is hope. Our lives can be pieced back together in Jesus' name. You see, we live in this constant tension. On the one hand, we have a unique role. We are uniquely made. We have beauty and purpose. But on the other hand, we are fragile, imperfect, and we're broken people living in a broken world, marred by sin. We are at the same time both beautiful and imperfect. We are beautifully imperfect, if you will. I am beautifully imperfect. You are beautifully imperfect. We are beautifully imperfect. Now, sometimes in life, we mess up or we're broken, or we're hurting, or, in wind, or we're in pain. What do we do in those times? I think we acknowledge, and we embrace, and we appreciate that we are at the same time both beautiful and imperfect, that we are beautifully imperfect. Sometimes other people in our lives, they offend us or irritate us, or, or say nasty things about us, or press our buttons. What do we do in those times? I think we do the same thing. We acknowledge and embrace and appreciate that they too, at the same time, are both beautiful and imperfect. That they are beautifully imperfect. I want to show you this video that clearly illustrates this idea of beautifully imperfect. Enjoy this. <laughs> 